Nightly News. Tom Brokaw. <laughs> and Jared whatever, Morelli. Whatever happened to Tom Brokaw? Do you still I around? I picture the same face whenever you say any nightly news guy, so I don't actually know who Tom Good Brokaw evening. is. Good evening. I'm Tom Brokaw. It's white hair? Yeah, white, white hair. White comb over? Was, yeah. Who was the guy who lied about being shot Brian at Brian Williams. Crack? See, I, that, yeah, I, I picture Brian <laughs> yeah. Williams as everybody who does nightly news. <laughs> Tom Brokaw is 80, so he's probably chilling. I'm sure. I mean, I feel like he comes on every now and then for like a quick cameo, but I... I, I was pretty sure he wasn't doing something yeah, he's on a retired. basis. So he was uh, like what, pretty close to Walter Cronkite, I guess, for our generation. I don't even know who Walter Cronkite is. Jesus. You don't know who Walter Cronkite was? Nope. He was like the most trusted man in the in like America for years. He was like he was the guy for like the nightly news back in I think like the seventies, sixties and seventies or something. Back when there was three channels. Back when you had like NBC, CBS, and ABC, he was the guy, and everyone that, that, trusted him. That's like winning the fucking Special Olympics. Congrats, man! You're the most trusted source when there's three sources. Yeah, still, honestly. he was pretty, pretty wide, pretty widespread, um, pretty widespread newscaster. But Crystal and Sager on NBC back in the '70s, they would have blown people's fucking mind. <laughs> yeah, that would that would have disrupted the establishment quite a bit, but um, in a good way. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I think today might be my time to, um, you know, admit a few things that I've been wrong about or I feel like I'm wrong about that I think Jared might have gotten right. And I think one of them is definitely fucking like I, I well, I don't know if it's going to end up being the case, but like I hope we see the death of the fucking mainstream media and that some of these more independent uh, outlets get a, get a shot and, yeah. you know. I mean, have you seen some of those clips of people that obviously you sent us the article about people calling for censoring a podcasts. Yeah. There was that clip on CNN about them uh, talking about censoring YouTube channels now because they're spreading misinformation and they're bigger than CNN's daytime audience. Crisis that has been perpetuated in my view by platforms like Facebook, Facebook as well as Twitter and others. It's really hard because what's happening is people are able to seek out the information that makes them feel good. That is what happening is that you know people have so much choice now. They can choose what their news sources are. They can choose what influencers they want to follow, um, and and they can try to seal out anything that quite helps them question that. And that, I think that gets to a, a really core issue uh, with how our freedoms as Americans and, and the way we have treated press freedom in, in the past is being abused by these actors. Um, in that we have given a lot of leeway, uh, both in the traditional media and on social media, to people to have a very broad range of political views. And it is now in the great That's economic good. interest of those individuals to become more and more radical. And I think that one of the places you can see this is on the, the fact that you now have competitors to Fox News on their right, OANN yes. and Newsmax, which are carried by all the major cable networks. Um, who are trying to now outflank Fox on the right because the moment Fox introduced any kind of realism into their reporting, immediately a bunch of people chose to put themselves into a sealed ecosystem. And they can do that both on cable, they can do it online. Um, and that becomes a, a huge challenge of figuring out how do you bring those people back into the mainstream of fact-based reporting and try to get us all back into the, the same consensual reality. And can you, is that possible? 
Seems like that's an open question. It's hard. I mean, I think we got to do a couple things. One, there needs to be a, a, an intentional work by the social media companies collaborating together to work on violent extremism in the same way they worked on ISIS. I was When I started at Facebook in 2015, the number one challenge from a content perspective was the abuse of social media by the Islamic State. Um, and there was a, a collaboration between the tech companies and the domestic audience in the United States. And the, there is over half of the Republicans in Congress voted to overturn the election um, and there will be a continual political pressure on the, yeah. the companies to not take it seriously so I think first you have mm. to focus on those violent extremists and those companies have to be brave in that way and second we have to turn down the capability of these conservative influencers to reach these huge audiences there are, are people on YouTube for example that have a larger daytime a larger audience than daytime CNN and they are that's what I wanted to hear right there it's like do you really think that they are saying this for the the good of the people or are they saying this now now that particular guy wasn't with cnn he was a former facebook employee but i mean why, why is that a bad thing that certain youtubers have a bigger following than cnn yeah it's it's got to be that they're threatened and they've, they've seen Definitely. this as a, a a crack in the maybe not a crack, but like they see this as a potential way to disrupt the movement that's going right. to inevitably draw more and more eyes away from these dinosaurs. And I think they are trying to t capitalize on it as much as possible. Right. It was like that was a quote from that guy. Quote: We have to turn down the capability of these conservative influencers, conservative influencers, to reach these huge audiences. There are people on YouTube, for example, that have a large, larger audience than daytime CNN. So what what would they propose as a solution? Just shut them down, take away all their like. It, it's absurd. It, it it almost like comes back to the and obviously I was too young to know what really went on, but there was some lawsuit back in maybe the nineties when Fox News, CNN, MSNBC all launched that they weren't telling actual news and they won the lawsuit because they said they were entertainment. You know what lawsuit I'm talking about, Adam? I honestly no. I'm not have sure. You, have you heard of it before? No, not not actually. I, I've honestly never heard of that, but it, it's not shocking because most of that stuff is for entertainment value on those networks. And, yeah. So so that's kind of how they got away with saying whatever they wanted was they were entertainment news. Um. So they're literally do doing the exact same thing to these companies now. They're saying, okay, only we can say whatever we want and be as hypocritical as possible because we're completely biased and making up all this shit. But you can't. Haven't they stopped to wonder why some YouTube channels are getting, <clears throat> excuse me, more viewers than a CNN and a Fox News? Like, wouldn't that be more beneficial to them? Trying to figure out why people would rather get their news on a day-to-day -day basis from those um, outlets as opposed if, to theirs. If you stop, what do you think? If you stopped, you know, a hundred people on the street randomly. And you ask them like, "Hey, what, what's what's the more what's the most moderate or down the middle cable news network? Like, where where's the most trust, trustworthy place to get your news? Who do you think they would say?" Oh shit! I'd say probably CNN. I'd say CNN, right? Yeah. That that they they have somehow this brand of not being really left or right. Um, I don't know and, how they got that. But I, I don't know been... either. I don't think they were as extreme left as before they, Trump. Before Trump, yeah. I, like yeah. I just, I guess I don't ever really remember. And we were younger, but I don't ever really remember it being like 
constant fucking hit jobs on CNN all day. I thought like I thought it was actual news. So and I, I put together a bunch of things here. Um, just all I happened to see through uh, throughout the last week all happened to be about CNN. Um, this is what you hear if, if someone turns on the television, like one of those people we just talked about who thinks that CNN is objective. They turn on the television and this is what they hear. Well, you can't say that everybody who voted for Trump is like the people who went into the Capitol. Response. You can't say that what everybody's like. Everybody who voted for Trump is like them. And I just explained to you, if you if if you are on that side, you need to think about the side you're on. I am never on the side of the Klan. I am never principal people, conservative or liberal. Never on the Klan side. Principal people, conservative or liberal, never on the Nazi side. Principal people who are conservative or liberal, never on the side that treats their, their fellow Americans as less than, that says that your fellow Americans should not exist, that says, your, that says your fellow Americans should be in a concentration camp, or that sides with slavery, or sides with any sort of bigotry. Right, and if they Prince say, I don't agree with those people, I just like Trump's policy. Well, then get out of the crowd with him. Get out of the crowd. I wasn't him. in the crowd. I just voted for Trump. You're in the crowd who voted for Trump. If you voted for Trump, you voted for the Wait. person who the Sounds like we're arguing support. with Adam. You voted for the person <laughs> who Nazis support. You voted for the person who the alt-right supports. That's the crowd that you are in. You voted for the person who incited a crowd to go into the Capitol and, and potentially take the lives of lawmakers took so he don lemon basically says 74 million people are nazis in that clip is that don lemon yes yeah listen to that again I always, no Whoa. well i i i know i picture in the guy who you said yeah i always thought don lemon was the old black guy no he's not that old i, I know who you're talking about that guy's obnoxious he was the guy who was crying on election night right no that's um no, van jones else. Oh, that's what I was picturing, Van Jones. Okay. They sounded the same kind of. Listen to- You're in the crowd who voted for Trump. If you voted for Trump, you voted for the person who the Klan supported. You voted for the person who Nazis support. You. I mean, can you come any closer to saying 70 more, 74 million people are Nazis? <laughs> no. He said it about as. He knows uh, he can't come nice out and say it out, outright. So that, that's what he says. And that is on a major cable television news network that people trust. The, 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 and, and this and, is and claim to be neutral. Right. So th- this is a, another supercut here of CNN following the insurrection. Um, and I mean, tell me if you think this is like objective, because maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I've read that you don't believe this was a spontaneous riot that just sort of ran amok. You think that what they had inside help? I do believe there was some inside uh, assist. This is a this is a, re- a Democratic representative from the state of Florida. Distance? Yes. Somebody on the. So they're they're gonna play this clip. Whenever you hear people answering, like these are all fucking people like that are representatives who are making these are, these these are Congress on CNN. Inside of those buildings were uh, complicit in this. There is no doubt in my mind that there were people inside the Capitol, inside law enforcement, 
perhaps even other members of the other side that may have been involved in this. There was a sense that something was wrong. And obviously with the violence, but there was a sense that something was wrong from the inside. And so I do think we owe it to the American people to understand, you know, whether members of our own houses uh, were working with these protesters. I also intend to see that those members of Congress who abetted him, those members of Congress who had groups coming through the Capitol that I saw on January 5th, a reconnaissance for the next day, those members of Congress that incited this violent crowd. Clearly, there was either information shared about how to get to those locations or there was some inside help, and that's my belief. They were not just derelict. You could say it. They were complicit. To run in the Capitol, in our nation's capital, and not know if an officer is there to help you or to harm you is also. Uh, I guess, what, what do you guys think about that? Uh, about like them thinking that this was an inside job? Well, and, and, and the fact that that's airing on a major cable network. Well, and CNN. I mean, is that not as fringe conspiracy theory as? Yeah, I mean, CNN's that doing as... nothing to say. Hey, guys, let's listen. To, look at the facts here. Let's look at the real evidence. Let's not make crazy accusations. Right. Right. They're happy to because they think they probably agree. Everyone at CNN interviewing these people probably agrees with them. That... Even if they don't agree, it's just part of the agenda that CNN's pushing. Right, and and in no way, shape, or form. I mean, one of them said that they believe that there were groups there being led through the Capitol building by Congress as a reconnaissance mission <laughs> for the next day. I think all we need to look back at to know how CNN and the rest of mainstream media operates is Hunter Biden, right? Mm-hmm. It's a situation like that where the story wasn't even acknowledged, was immediately ruled out as Russian propaganda even though there was zero evidence to support that i mean that's that's what annoys me the most obviously the censorship part of this i don't like um the fact they're trying to quiet people but i think the fact that they're beyond hypocritical to call any of these other sources out as extreme when these mainstream media companies it's clear as day right now they are profitizing off putting fear in our country and in our people and What's the word I'm looking for? Um, dividing, being divisive, yeah. dividing yeah, big our, time. our people. Big time. That, 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 that's what they're trying to do. Guaranteed. And, I, and I who, guarantee who, you, dude. Who you do they say that about more than anybody? Those words you just said is there for fear and to divide us. Who would they say that about? Trump. Fox News and Trump. And, sure. Both. Yeah. Fine. I was going for Trump, but yeah, both. Right. And, and it's like, it's so... I mean, to me, at least, and it sounds like to you guys, it's like it's so clear as day and so in your face that I I, I can't believe that people actually watch that network and expect to get like real news. Yeah. Even Jake Tapper, who like people like say is like a, you know, a godsend, you know, if you watch him, it's so easy. You can tell in an instant what he truly feels about it because he wears it on his face. He, you know, he'll talk about one thing in a certain tone that's like sarcastic or malevolent. It's like you can, it's, they're so transparent 
that I mean, is that a good thing for the media or what? I mean, should th- should there be room for that in the media or what? I think because they are, I mean, they're human. So news, I, but that's not what they're supposed to be. They're, that's not what they're advertised as. That's what they classify themselves as behind closed doors. They like they know what they're doing, right? They, and they only bring that entertainment factor up if they're called out on it. But until yeah. then, they're just reporting the news as they see it, and people are just eating it up. Yeah, because actual news sources, which originally were NBC, ABC, CBS, New yep. York Times, etc., were held to very specific regulation around what they could say and not say, and that having to be fact-checked, sources, credible sources, etc., and even obviously like New York Times is straight from that quite a bit where like a lot of what New York Times does now is pure op-eds. It's like, so some people will say you have two sides of the New York Times. You've got your op-eds, which are literally just lunacy. And then you have your actual, um, what do you call like the, what they did for Spotlight in the Globe where it's like a long journalist. Yeah. It's like special like investigation. Not an yeah, like, like a secret investigative group, sort of. Yeah, but not, not the group. Just like when somebody writes like a, a three-page like thing on a topic with well, we know what you're talking about yeah, yeah. Yeah. Term we get it. It. yeah but i don't, yeah. I don't like, know what it is days yeah. and sometimes weeks and months are put into these stories before they're published not, not these millennial we're takes experts a day. in the media aren't we what so we're experts in the media aren't we <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i don't even know where i was going with this at this point well um, you know i think you're saying that news at one point was yeah. just the facts and, and over time as regulations have eased up it's given these networks more freedom to just do these hot take topics and call it news. And again, like you said, until they're called out on it, then they can say, Hey, we're, we're not, you know, we're not meant to be act, you know, like not that they would say action news, but we're meant to exhibit a little more entertainment with our news. And they can then that expands the scope of what they can talk about. And it's gotten to a point now where it's just fucking ludicrous. And, and I think part of it is definitely Trump derangement syndrome. Like, I think he truly did cause these people to, like, something flipped or switched in their head. Like, the the, um, switch was flipped in their head where they looked at themselves as, like, their their level of self-importance, I think, skyrocketed. Like, they looked at themselves and said, I need to be the beacon of light for the people and, and, you know, cast down this evil man. Right. And, you know, I just think they became deranged over it, that they couldn't look at anything objectively anymore. They hated him so much, you know, and it doesn't matter if it's for good reason or not. Like, be an honest reporter. And these people weren't. And now now their trust has eroded in the public. I mean, people who watch CNN and, like, think that's regular news, like, are, I think, a minority at this point, or I would hope. You know, we and we just heard such, right? Like, you're getting you like um, it's, it's one of crazy the, to think about, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and this was what uh, when I started to hear things like this, I said, well, maybe Jared's got more of a point. I forgot who the who he interviewed, but you know, there was someone who Rogan interviewed, and it got like 115 million views or something like that on YouTube. Um, and that's an absurd amount of views, right? And and and, and maybe it was 15 million, right? And I know that's a big number, but. The, the he went on cable uh, television and and uh, this man or woman who was interviewed I forgot who it was went on cable and one million people saw it yeah 
So uh, even if I was wrong and it was 15 and not 115, and I'm almost positive it was 115, like that is an unbelievable difference in audience. Yeah. Like size-wise. That's incredible. I, I think I told you guys at some point when Rob Lowe was on Rogan, he was talking about how back then like Rob Lowe had launched some show and it was like the 84th out of 84 ranked shows. Um, and it got canceled and this was in the eighties and it was doing like 20 million a night. And now like big bang theory does like a million a night and it's the number one show on TV. Like the numbers are just totally, totally different than they used to be for mainstream media. Yeah. I mean, this is a a couple, uh, tweets from this guy, uh, who's an analyst at CNN. Um, so January 16th at 3.58 p.m., he says, New, U.S. Capitol Police arrested a Virginia man as he attempted to pass through a police checkpoint in downtown Washington Friday with a fake inaugural, with fake inaugural credentials, a loaded handgun, and over 500 rounds of ammunition, CNN reporting. Uh, 10.03 p.m., so later that evening, Washington Post uh the VA man uh with the Glock had a now this is from the Washington Post, so you know they're not you know they're they're about as left wing as it comes yeah, to. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um Virginia man with Glock had proper police pass, um, but uh the uh park police hadn't communicated it to the Secret Service. Uh, the man has no extremist ties, cooperated fully with uh police, was released uh, and cleared from further investigation. So all of that, and it wasn't even a real situation. <laughs> it went same, on the yeah. The same guy the day before, eleven thirty-six a.m. Breaking. Federal prosecutors offered the most chilling description yet of rioters who seized the Capitol last week, writing in a new court filing that the interve- that the intention was quote to capture and assassinate elected officials unquote. And the guy ended up being a fucking park ranger. Yeah, and, and this is two days later. Uh, and in Arizona court filing on Friday, uh, in the case of Jacob Chansley, uh, federal prosecutors took back an earlier assertion that supporters of President Donald Trump plan to capture and assassinate elected officials in a January 6th siege. So, I mean, it's just like... Yeah. They're, they're so... And, and it is social media. It's like that. You got to be first. It's like the Shefty thing. Absolutely. Like if you're not first, you're last. So they're, they're so quick to make it to, you know, publish all these dramatic tweets without verifying a thing right. from a real source. Correct. It doesn't matter. They don't need yeah. to. They if, should, if you, but they don't need to. If you to. actually think about it, you make more money off of a viral, incorrect tweet like that that's going to direct people to your page. And then releasing a, a correction later that a few people go read, then not releasing anything until somebody <laughs> else already corrects it. So they have no incentive to be right. And what do you think about the uh, the things I was sending to you today about, um, you know, these uh, the fears over being an inside job through the National Guard to to kill Biden, and that being a real fa- fear in the in the Biden administration. I, I think it was probably one in one meeting, a person in the military in like um, some management positions said, Hey guys, let's make sure we keep our eye on, you know, what's going on with the national guard as well. We can't be too careful. Something like as simple as that. And took that 
and, and blew, blew it up, it up. And, yeah, yeah, into a possible assassination attempt. Like, I, I mean, guarantee, yeah, nobody stumbled across the National a Guard, plan. Right. If you served for the National Guard, how would that make you feel about Biden and Biden's team? Are you yeah, like, that, dude, that, are you not a great... fucking kidding me that you think I would take a position like this and turn on my country to the extent that I would kill a, uh, an, uh, an elected president because of my political beliefs? Like, what the fuck does that say? Doesn't exactly encourage loyalty. No, did, did Biden's all. like team actually comment on it all, or was that all just media-driven? I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't see a formal comment. I don't think that's something that they'd formally comment, or I would hope not. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah what are I they going to no. say? Like, right. yeah, we, we... I feel like I feel like commenting on it would give it more credence. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think Biden, they want it. usually pretty credence. good about not yeah. giving that shit credence, if anything. Um, but that doesn't yeah, mean yeah. it wasn't a real thing. Or if, or if, And if it wasn't a real thing... That again goes to the media's, uh, you know, lack of ability to report things that are correctly sourced. Yeah, and that you know are are done just to inflame fears. Like, listen again, CNN. Like, this is the last thing I have on him, but like, this guy barely, barely challenges what this man saying. This morning, I was reading about this on the on my Twitter account, I guess. And people were reminding the people of Anwar Sadat and Indira Gandhi, who were killed by their own their own people. Um, you know, I was thinking the guard is ninety some odd percent, I believe, male. Uh, only about twenty percent of white males voted for Biden. You got to figure that in the guard, which is predominantly more conservative, and I see that on my social media, and we know it. They're probably not more than twenty five percent of the people that are there protecting us who voted for Biden. The other 75% are in the class that would be uh, the, the large class of folks who might want to uh, uh, do something. And there were military people and police who took oaths to defend the Constitution and to protect and defend who didn't do it, who were in the, the insurrection. So it does concern me, but the uh, betting at the last minute. Like, I mean, mission, that's far, to, to, to have voted for, for Trump does not make you an insider. I mean, that, that's far different from being a threat uh, of violence inside whether the National Guard or law enforcement. I'm curious, is there is there anything you've seen to substantiate just how broad this in, insider threat may be, if it, if it exists? Absolutely not, Jim, but, you know, you draw first, the first circle of people not. not provide as far as people who would be within uh, the, the zone of folks who you'd be suspect of. Suspect group is large. And, and, yeah. and, the, and the reporter is just going, mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Yes. <laughs> At least he tried to stand up to him a little bit. Right. Like, I, yeah, and I prefaced that, right? I mean, he, he but could you, like, that is fucking insane. To talk say about that. a generalization. Holy like, shit. Talk, again, talk about a fucking racist thing to say. Yeah. Like, yeah. All these fucking white people are so dumb. We know 80% of them, 80% of white males, Voted for Trump, and if, and that means that there are, uh, you know, that many more people in the National Guard. So there are only this many people in the National Guard who voted for Biden. So that means we're exposed to seventy five percent of the National Guard who could potentially kill the president. <laughs> and he's just saying that, like, yeah. if 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 that same thing were said in con- in, in a similar context on Fox News. 
and Tucker Carlson just barely tried to, you know, make that uh, defense in which that guy did and try to challenge him. It'd be viral. And then when him let and, and then just let him go on, people would be, that would just be another clip to say, this is how much of a clown show Fox News is. Yeah. Tucker Carlson is. Like, they're happy to let these people on. Like, don't you think that's insightful? If you were to listen to that, like that, that pisses me off. Are you, it's like, are you fucking kidding me, well, dude? It's one gonna... thing. Go ahead. No, I would say it's one thing to speculate because, you know, not everyone has all these answers and it's one thing to just speculate politically, but to make a speculation and a generalization like that. And then when you're asked, is there any reason why you're saying this? Like specifically, have you heard things? And then you say, no, not really, but it's just a in thought. In fact, he said, absolutely not. I mean, come on. It's embarrassing. And and for this fucking guy to say, and I know that there was, uh, you know, videos of, you know, cops taking selfies with the rioters, you know, and people were upset that they just stood there and did nothing. What the fuck? The, who the fuck is that guy to question the, the A, the process of what they're actually supposed to do in a situation like that, where it's what, say, a thousand to ten? And B, what he would have fucking done, like he would have fucking stood up and just started fist fighting against a thousand people. No, you fucking idiot. They let him walk in because there's nothing else they could have done. That that's procedure. You don't fight. You don't ask people to fight for, to the death again in, in, in the face of imminent death. Right. Like the Spartans at Thermopylae. That's not the police's job is to just to hold your I mean, uh, the the. That cop who led the guys, the people, um, you see those videos where he was running up the stairs? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The guy right? everybody like, coined is an American hero. Right. Like, and great. Like, he, that's fan, Like that's what he's supposed he did a, to he do. He did a great job. He did a fantastic fucking job. A heroic yeah. job. No question. Did he sit there and fucking fire off his ent- entire round into the crowd and, you know, go down and, and get killed? No. Did he go full Iron Man in Infinity right. Wars? Like, <laughs> Not I, Infinity it, Wars. Um, like, it, it's just it, that that discussion right there and what people are, that reports are coming out that are, are questioning whether the National Guard can be trusted. Like, again, th- these people, it, it, it's like this whole thing about them trying to make this the next 9-11. Like, these people have just lost their fucking minds and are, are like, okay, we this is a perfect opportunity for us to consolidate and capture more power. Let, let, let me ask you guys this. So inauguration day is tomorrow, right? Correct. So this big is day. big inaugural. Right. There's a huge itinerary. <laughs> I, I got up here. We can talk about it after, but well, yeah. so, so before we get into that, so I was going to say, so that means today is Donald Trump's last day of his presidency. Correct. It's clear as day to me that mainstream media is obsessed by the fact that, Everything in the news is still about Donald Trump on his last day of his presidency. Do you think that changes at all in 24 hours? No. Of course not. No. He's, so they're going to continue to be obsessed with a guy who literally is an old man in a mansion in Florida who has no power and no relevance on our country at all. But they're going to give him power by saying, you know, he's going to run in 2024. And if he does, yep. you're obsessed, you know, dude. white They're supremacy obsessed. is going to return and we're going to lose the nation that we become. Yeah. 
you know, we, we it's just like you people are fucking insane, insane. And they're the people that a lot of people, unfortunately, get their news from. I mean, there's not many places that you can get like, dude, what do you think about the Young Turks? This is like a little bit off. Kilter, I know, I know not nothing really. about them. Oh, really? No. Oh, OK. I mean, they're popular in like the whole like independent news circle. OK. Yeah. They're fucking insane. What They're fucking are they insane. like? So like they have Trump derangement syndrome. They're just more progressive. Okay. Like they're they're very like progressive populist style. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's certainly politics in yeah. independent media. There's just as many never Trumpers and extreme right wingers, or way more of those than there are risings of people who actually play yeah. it down the middle. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like Pod right. Save America. All those people oh are like they're, they're just right. puppets for the Democratic yeah, Party. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but um, yeah. I, so I was gonna say on, on that topic of mainstream media, I think you know, luckily we're aware enough to at, at this point, mainstream media has zero credibility with me. Where I I, I don't almost don't even flinch with what they say. It doesn't move the needle for me emotionally at all. Mm. Like, because once you think about how the sausage is made, if they make money off of fear and divisiveness, they're puppets being strings pulled by the democratic political establishment like you know why they're doing what they're doing and it's not reality right like the thing is if you don't pay attention then you think what you just said sounds ridiculous yeah but it's a hundred percent true yeah a hundred (laughs) percent true the same way fox news is dude like you you would think that's a crazy conspiracy theory if you've never looked into this correct you would say and, and again, which, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll cop to some of this stuff. Like I've said in the past, like I would have said, like, Jared, you're a fucking lunatic. Like you're, you know, that's just classic conspiracy, Jared. <laughs> For once I got one, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 100 percent true. It's 100 yeah. percent true. I mean, look, the, 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 the Democratic establishment loves this woman. Right. And so would would never. Now, this is on the medium, which is under attack, which is the medium that we rely on our our income from podcasting so right you know maybe they're coming for this but i mean this woman was almost president of the united states right and you know who knows where we'd be maybe we wouldn't be in as bad of a position as we're in but you know she's a to wonder she's a highly respected politician right hated at that but you know um been in politics for years listen to these two women give their take on Trump and and where we're at. We learned a lot about our system of government over the last four years with uh, a president who disdains democracy and, as you have said numerous times, has other agendas. What they all are, I don't think we yet know. I hope historically we will find out who he's beholden to who pulls his strings uh, i would love to see his phone records to see whether he was talking to putin the day that uh, the insurgents uh, invaded our capital but we now know that not just him but his enablers his accomplices his cult members have the same disregard for democracy. Do you think we need a a 9-11 type commission to investigate and report everything that they can pull together and explain what happened? This is now this is the woman that's about to be speaking is right now until, you know, uh, did the Democrats officially have control of the 
Um, I think Thursday. Senate. Yeah, I think it's like right after inauguration. Yeah. Okay. So th- this woman is still the most powerful woman in, in Democratic politics at this moment. Uh, who's about to answer the question? Ugh. I do. Uh, let me again uh, to your point of who is he beholden to? As I've said over and over, as I said to him in that picture with my blue suit, right? As I was leaving, what I was saying to him, as I was pointing rudely at him, with you, Mr. President, all roads lead to Putin. I don't know what Putin has on him politically, financially, or personally. But what happened last week was a gift to Putin because Putin wants to undermine democracy in our country and throughout the world. And these people, unbeknownst to them maybe, are Putin puppets. They were doing Putin's business when they did that at the incitement of an insurrection by the President of the United States. So yes, we should have a 9-11 commission and there's strong support in the Congress to do that. Jesus Christ. Is that not the most insane minute and 40 seconds you've ever listened to in your entire <laughs> and life? And I'm sure that went viral today, so millions of people listen to that and agree with it now. How is that not taken down off of social media? <laughs> that's, that's, that's erroneous. It's ridiculous. That is the most insane fucking thing I've ever heard. Like Right next to the election was stolen is that right there. Two most yeah. insane things I've ever heard. Neither yeah. with a lick of evidence. <laughs> and, 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 that, and that's the other thing about when it comes to mainstream media. media they don't have to apologize for no one, anything. No one's coming for them. No one's going to fucking... Do- Nobody. So, so like the, the whole Russia thing with the 2016 election, no, there was no, no substantial no, nobody consequences. Nobody ever said, sorry, we were no wrong. One, no, nope, there was nope. no substantial evidence of that at all, and it just disappeared. And no one's talked about it since. Nobody's called them out on it. No one's brought it up in conversation. You don't hear about it at all on any of those networks. They don't have to answer to anything or anyone. And, 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 and what's going to happen with all the election fraud stuff, right? Trump's going to walk away. Okay, if he gets impeached, he can never run for office again. So? He probably doesn't give a fuck. I mean, and what's going to happen to to Holly and Cruz? And I mean, not a thing. Not, not a thing. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it's there's no Get reelected <laughs> there. That's why. And again, there's a there's a clear path as to where I'm going here in this podcast. But when I used to hear the word like elites, like I didn't I don't know that I truly like understood or bought into that kind of just like thought that was you know exaggerated and you know just coming from people who are spiteful against politicians but it, it it's like again like i told like i had the blindfold taken out. like these fucking people don't answer to anyone no it doesn't matter how much we want to fucking throw our our you know our uh fists in the air and demand change about anything they don't fucking have any consequences. They don't lose their job. You know, they can fucking just get people to spend more money if their job is at risk of, of getting lost. Total immunity. They do whatever they want. They have lied us into wars and right. have thousands of people's blood Dude, on their hands. How many people do you think understand that who are our age? Because we weren't not, not many. Dude. I don't. I would say not, not many. many. Not many. I mean, they even show what's the movie uh, Cheney, Dick, or whatever it's called. I think it's called Cheney, right? Dick. <laughs> <laughs> they even like in that show, clear as day, how much how they lied into that war. Right, and like nobody talks about it. Nobody's and they haven't had to answer 
for any of those. Like I had, I, mean, I had to find the underground, like independent populist Twitter people and like news sources to finally like understand things like that. Yeah. Like it's literally happened to me over the last like two months, three months, you know, whatever, how long, however long we've been paying a little, a little bit more attention, but you know, especially even in the last month. And I think the the part about the elites that's so important to remember is it doesn't stop in DC with politics. It's them being intertwined with the fabric of our society and corporations. Well, correct. Big big pharma, the banks, big tech, and them literally creating the rules to the game as they play it. And as they- Before it's even played. Or before it's even played to just stack everything in their favor. Right. And I mean, it, it's such a simple thing, right? It's like, okay, if I'm going to run an election, right, it doesn't matter at what level, um, I need to raise funds for my campaign. Yep. In general, whoever is going to raise the most funds and have a stronger marketing arm behind them will win an election. Yeah. Or at least Gar- have a much better chance. Yeah. Regardless of their political views and stance. Who, yeah. Who gives the most money? Is it like Joe and Pat's? laundromat or is it you know pfizer you know what i mean and general motors it's actually 500 companies it's a specific dollar amount dude corporations and um individuals are maxed out i think like 2500 dollar donations or something like that something like that yeah it's only super PACs that can give unlimited amount of money which is like the the cheat code of political campaigning we we could make our own super PAC if we wanted maybe we should not sure how much we get but (laughs) <laughs> maybe not as much as the other ones so like, why 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 is it so hard to like take that away like make those why, things not... why would dc ever take that away when it keeps them in power right i i, I knew i knew the, the game, answer but i was the, just the like game's that, rigged. when you say that though the game is like, rigged it, it, when you say that there should be a light that goes off in your head and says okay something's fucking wrong yeah something you, you, is fucking wrong that was one of the things Bernie ran on was removing Citizens United because right. he didn't and take. I couldn't um, stand right. Bernie, dude. Yeah, Again, I know. He, and, and and this is <laughs> and and obviously, like I, I think he was like a, an awesome dude. Like he was always like uh, Bernie's cool. Yeah, but I just thought he was a fucking nutcase. Everybody did. Yeah, and that. But that, that's my point. Is like there was nowhere for me to go unless I sought it out to understand why Bernie was doing some of the stuff he he's doing. Because honestly, he's terrible at explaining it. He is not a good. If he could transplant his brain into like a, an AOC, he'd be much better off. That'd yeah, be the ultimate he, populist. He, he's, he, he's he is terrible. too nice of a guy to wait, yeah to wait. do what he needs to do and tell the truth about the Democratic establishment. Because he's, ultimately, he's certainly like way cool. too nice because he still has one hand in the establishment cookie jar. Exactly. Right. Right. Um, he's not totally removed. Right. But 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 he also, if you ever hear him in like a long form conversation, so like his episode on Joe Rogan was I think two hours. He didn't sound like a crazy person at all. Right. When he actually had two hours to articulate his ideas. Well, and, and, not everyone's got two hours to listen to his well, ideas. Well, that's the thing. People yeah. hear him in ninety second sound bites and debates. Right. And that's a big difference. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but w- one of the things, I guess, before we go too far down, you know, another mm. topic, but or still around the media is the thing that concerns me the most 
is not just the media aspect of it. The fact that now all these big corporations are getting involved. So like AWS, so Amazon saying we're no longer hosting parlor on our servers, Apple taking them off the app store. So like, dude, you have the ability to single handedly kill companies. Yeah. Because why? Well, like what do people really have as a real reason of why parlor got shut down from everything? Cause it, well, because it's a more conservative people. form of Twitter, right. right? Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. And, and everybody knows like, you know, you'd be fucking nuts to believe that that whole thing was conspired on parlor. I mean, it I've never been hired on, on Facebook and Twitter. And I'm sure there were some people on parlor doing it too. Sure. But yeah. It was mostly on Facebook. Yeah. Why isn't I'm Facebook sure getting most taken Trump down? Supporters who, who are fucking rednecks had never even heard of Parler. I had never heard of Parler. Right. So why is Facebook not getting the same attention? Well, same... Facebook's not responsible for what's posted on their site. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and who do they donate to? They donate to the Bidens and and they, all the donate to establishment Democrats. Democrats. Yeah. Right. So when it comes down to it, you know, all the way up the chain, I'm sure if we looked at, you know, Apple and Google's donations i would have to imagine that they are going to democrats as opposed to republicans absolutely so they are entirely in line and in sync and are only going to silence things that are outside of what they deem to be acceptable from a from a political view standpoint and now who's going to be in charge of these antitrust lawsuits against big tech big tech the biden campaign so they have all the more reason to cozy up and make the Biden team happy so they don't try and bake up, break up these trillion-dollar companies. Like that, that terrifies me just to think these companies have the ability to single-handedly erase you from capitalism because they want to with no repercussions. And I get it. You, they have freedom, but like— Should they? Yeah, can't they? They could. And, and what? Why? What's the next example? We've already seen what they've done with Hunter Biden as a situation of them not being partisan and unbiased. So, like, what's the next example after Parler? What's the next excuse? It'll happen um, again. Of course, it will, dude. If yeah, they've done it course. once, definitely. Is it just the next big tech tech company that's a threat to eyeballs on Facebook and? engagement on facebook and they say hey you know what we can shut down parlor and maybe we'll do that because now the 10 million people on parlor will actually go talk about facebook and we can keep an eye on these conversations and you know what's happening too is there's an app called signal yeah i've heard all of a sudden skyrocketed that that guy was on rogan it's on i started it it's been number one on on the uh app charts and they're talking about getting rid of that now correct do you you guys know what the deal with signal is yeah it's like encrypted like you can't Yep. Yeah. So not even Signal itself has access to your messages and calls. So like with obviously with our phones and shit, all of our texts, et cetera, all accessible by Verizon, AT&T, yeah. Facebook, Google, Apple. With Signal, everything is totally encrypted. So that's why but, people are using it. So nothing can be totally censored. And nothing could ever be used against you if you're committing crimes or oh, anything. Geez. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're they're coming for it. They're, they're coming for it. Slippery slope. So they are just going to cut down any competitor. 
Because at this point, like, you have to differentiate yourself in that business space if, if you're going to try to be a competitor to a Twitter, right, or a Facebook. Yeah, yeah, got to totally. be some fucking angle to, to get people to, you know, join your business. And even that, it's Reach such your an uphill battle. Like, think about how irrelevant Snapchat is right now. Right. So because people said bad things on Parler, their business was completely taken from them. Yep. Even though they're protected from liability. Right. They're not protected from these fucking tyrants uh, in, in big tech. And I'm sure, if I had to guess, I can't say I'm sure, the guy who started Parler did not start it with the idea of starting a fucking revolution. How long has Parler been around? Can't imagine years, more than a few probably. years, maybe. Okay. Yeah. I had never heard of it before last week. Yeah, same with me. <laughs> what I, I also looked at this too. This is again another example of, you know, not not as much media, I guess, but somewhat media and somewhat politicians just being totally transparently fucking bullshit is uh it has been it's a convenient time to have stories like this come out right covid lockdowns have no clear benefit versus voluntary measures international study shows andrew cuomo tweets we simply cannot stay closed until the vaccine hits critical mass the cost is too high we will have nothing left to open we must reopen the economy uh, but we must do it smartly and safely. Uh, this is CBS Chicago. Mayor Lori Lightfoot says Chicago restaurants and bars need to be allowed to reopen as quickly as possible to cut down on instances of private parties where people don't take proper precautions against COVID-19. This is all... They're change, changing their tune. Is that all I'll this say. week? Wow, yeah. That was the Let's 14th. go, baby. Let's go. Convenient timing or what? Yeah, right. Just as inauguration. Like, well, like, honestly, though, why, why do you I think it's just coming out this week? Together. Right? Is that I, after being so adamantly against it? Right. Well, I isn't mean, this what on. we said was going to happen? Yeah. Yes. Did we talk about this months ago? Yep. Yeah. Yes. That the tune will change if Trump's not in office. It puts a pit in my stomach even thinking it's that that's fucking real. disgusting, dude. If you're telling me that you don't think Andrew Cuomo and Lori Lightfoot are doing this because it's a change in administration and they know that if the economy starts to bounce back even a little bit, that'll be an easy layup for the entire democratic party, mm-hmm. which includes them. Yeah. I mean, it's the fucking disgusting. It's so transparent. If you fucking pay attention is right there in front of you. These people do not, do not give a fuck about their constituents. All they give a fuck about is the bottom line. And the bottom line for them is towing the line for the party. Yeah, yeah. The and bottom line for them for is the power. La- and, and it's the last four years been do anything to stop Trump at all costs, literally at all costs, completely disregard anything else. And this is an example of it. I 1,000% believe that they are saying this now because it's Inauguration Week. How would it be that crazy of a coincidence? It'll be super interesting to see the other states follow now. I mean, we just got to pay attention over the next few yeah. weeks during, especially during the first 100 days and see, see the, see the tune change across the nation. It's just such a fucking joke. Such a fucking joke. If I was a small business owner in Chicago, I'd fucking riot. The indoor like, dining is not open at all in Chicago. I was talking to Pater about it the other day. He's like, yeah, dude, we couldn't even eat inside if we wanted to. 
And then that's what the governor says on inauguration week. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? What, yeah, what else changed in the last week? Did you finally get your hands on some science? <laughs> it's Pretty sure cases haven't gone insane. down. So no. nothing really. I mean, because that, that was their that was their ploy the whole time is cases, 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 where the cases are coming from, even though they weren't coming from the places they said they were coming from. Nothing's really changed except the president. Well, silver lining, maybe this means things will actually start to open up a little bit. I mean, it would benefit you being in Boston, in the Boston area. So, yeah, uh, all right, I'm not, I'm not trying to say it's like not good. It's just, it is good. It, it's good just for laughable. the to- totally yeah. wrong reason. Yes, yeah. It should have been good fucking months ago. Now, what I was thinking about in the shower today, this is a random <laughs> shower thought. Um, well, because it was, it was right after we, I was texting um, Steve in that group chat about like how people aren't taking the vaccine. It's going to drag on. I was like, dude, pro sports has been back for the last nine months, eight months, whatever it may be. Yeah, since like June. Without a single, other than maybe I think I've heard of one hospitalization. If that's not a blueprint to show you can do things safely with the proper processes, procedures, and investment, what is? And the fact that like. Well, that's a hard thing to compare though, don't you think? No, okay. Obviously, like the NBA bubble, yeah. I'm like, it's say, not fair to compare it to that. Oh no, I just, I, I just mean the sheer resources they have from a, from like a testing and tracing perspective. And I think that's why, we, that's why we need those resources. Right. But, yeah. but they, they really don't have total control when those guys aren't in the facility. And, and no, I mean, of the resources that they have, like it's not like the federal government that yeah. they have to kind of. We would certainly need a lot more resources to have like a a same effectiveness level. But even like when there's instances of people getting COVID, like they end up being okay and all that. I guess my only point is like they've figured out a way when there was enough money on the line to say we're opening our businesses safely and doing it. But nobody else gets a chance to even have that, that same attempt, which is kind of absurd. Every professional yeah. sport has opened so they continue to make hundreds of billions of dollars. Just follow the money trail. Yeah. You know, mom and pop's laundromat or, you know, Bill's pizza or whatever. That that's not that's not incentivizing, you know, you know, put inputting resources to keep them open. But if these politicians even had a brain, these state politicians, like you your revenue is tax revenue. Like these people should be incentivized to like, okay, you are paid or your performance is measured based on state tax revenue and surpluses and deficits. Oh, like, God. What can, the you, fuck can you is- imagine oh, the political I, I, upheaval if they were based off of that stuff? Dude, any I, don't want private- them, I don't want them fucking co- like compensated based on tax revenue. I don't need them having an incentive to tax me more. <laughs> so, okay. So, so, so maybe it's not tax revenue, say. but maybe it's, um, it's balancing the books. Right? Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. yeah like they, they, they should be held to some sort of standard during Just their like time. There in isn't office. any other fucking job. Yes, in the planet. Exactly. Any, like an entry level job. Mc, McDonald's. Dude. You are held accountable to metrics. And if you do not meet those more metrics, so than you are in, in, in politics as a governor of a state, you're letting your, your state crumble. Like, dude, what are these deficits and budget shortfalls going to look like for the next few years? Dude, Think of the it, like, amount literally, of money that's being spent this year. It's a fraction. So, so let, let's put that in perspective. So if Andrew Cuomo were to have, have worked at McDonald's, 
it would have based his performance based on this last year in COVID would have been like him going into McDonald's and taking a burger, throwing it on the floor, kicking it across the floor, and then leaving that day, writing a book about how he's the best <laughs> burger maker there is. And McDonald's just letting him walk back in the door every single yeah. day. Yeah. And promoting his book. And promoting his book. <laughs> and promoting his book. Exactly. Exactly. Everyone gets a Cuomo book with a Happy Meal. It's as you're fucking eating, embarrassing. As you're eating your dirt burger. It's fucking embarrassing, dude. Speaking of the, the politicians not being held accountable for like what they say, I, I don't know if you guys ever ended up listening to that Dan Carlin podcast I, I that I sent yet, you. No. So that's a whole series called Common Sense, but he that 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 one's more on current events as opposed to his other one, Hardcore History, which is just like all over the historical map. But I mean, he's he started out in in, in the in the news media, like he he was a he was a journalist, a reporter for like local um, local media companies, and he talked about you know like how politicians just incessantly lie, and it's just it's common common knowledge that they do. And he said in his time interviewing politicians and bringing things up about what they promised, a lot of these politicians almost like laughed at the idea that like, oh, wait, you thought I was serious? Like not obviously saying that, but scoffing at the fact that they promised X, Y and Z didn't deliver X, Y and Z. But because they're in office, it doesn't matter. And he just, it just, it just made me think more and more like, you know, all these, like these people will say whatever they can and do whatever they can just to get into power. And once they're in power, they're not held to those standards. Like you said, Jared, there is no evaluation. There's yeah. no political evaluation, like a yearly thing for any of these people. And they there just is wait. no better example than what you just laid out right there than what just happened recently with the $2,000 checks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had the state of Georgia coming out to vote based on a guarantee that they would deliver $2,000 checks. Warnock said, vote for, a vote for me is a vote for a $2,000 check. Mm -hmm. $2,000 checks was the, the narrative the whole fucking time, right? Um, and what came out recently? Not given 2000 It's only actually going to be 1400 because we already gave you the 600 Right. So th this is a tweet um, from the uh, still vice president-elect Kamala Harris um, on the 12th. Food banks are strained trying to feed people worried about where they'll get their next meal. Essential workers uh, continue to risk their own health and families and uh, their families for us all. Small business owners uh, are hurting. We need $2,000 stimulus checks. That was before this week or that was this week? That was the 12th. This is the 14th. Same woman. Quote, we will finish the job of getting a total of 2000 <laughs> in cash relief to the people who need it most. The $600 already appropriated simply isn't enough. Dude, to your point of the elites, like, why would you not just give the $2,000? Why? What's another six hundred bucks? Exactly. There's no real reason. Like they wouldn't even need bipartisan support to do it. Oh, no. Nope. It's a drop in the fucking bucket. Nope. Like there's there's they can no do it through explanation and pass it right through. Other than they're bought and and they don't want to give a fucking penny 
to working class Americans, as our boy MLK said. Yeah, but like, how would that work? Like, though, like, who who would be the person trying to influence them not to give two thousand dollar checks? Like, what? Corporation? Yeah, I, I don't think there's anybody specifically on that measure, but there's clearly some type of machine promoting. And this is the MLK quote I was going to reference, which Bernie also quoted as MLK's quote: "America loves rugged individualism." for working class and socialism for the rich and corporations. <laughs> and like, dude, it's so true though. Yeah. It's so true. So like there, there's clearly something there. There's no other explanation. There's no rational explanation at all on why you wouldn't just pass those $2,000 checks. Like these imbeciles and they don't get, questions. get out of their own way. That, nope. That's our, that's my problem too, right? Is like, okay, they, they can do that. They're politicians, but can they be fucking held to a standard please? Not a tough question in the House, but no, if Trump, if Trump on CNN, looks at you the wrong way, right, he gets a tough question. And on CNN this week, what 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 was it? It was the feature on uh, <laughs> tales from Kamala Harris about her yep. childhood. Freedom, I, I, it's just so fucking freedom. She told that story again on CNN, but just left oh out the part. She, just oh, left she, out the the part about the freedom. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. Yep. Um. So, yeah, I mean, that that just brings me to I am at a point right now where I have completely I don't even know what to think anymore about politics. Like I, I, I want to hear what started to like over the last few weeks, what went through your head that made you start changing the way you look at a lot of this stuff? Uh, I think because because I've been listening uh, and reading uh, more from people who have their own opinions and beliefs and aren't on a network that's driven to, you know, buy off one side of the party or the other mm-hmm. from a viewership standpoint. Like, I started to hear different things and different explanations as to why politics doesn't work the way uh, it should or, you know, why, um, you know... Um, gridlock and you know doing nothing and having bipartisan deals that are you know only bipartisan because they don't do anything like has that kind of opened my eyes to just see that it's all like their politic politicians are not in it for us whatsoever yeah like, like I, I literally picture them once they leave a press conference pelosi and mcconnell Shut the door, look at each other, smirk, and walk away. Right. Like that that's how I picture these things going. Right. Hundred percent. Um, and it it really clicked for me um like in one moment. And it was funny because I was getting my oil changed for my work vehicle. And so I'm waiting for the oil change and I'm putting, I put on the second episode of Crystal Kyle and Friends. Mm-hmm. Did you listen to that one? Um, I forgot what, yeah, that was the Indian guy, right? Oshkar. Yeah, yeah the, from uh, yeah. Ja- Jacobin. I, I got to listen to it again. I, I listened was, and I was half paying attention. That was a good one. I, that was one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. Wasn't the title of his book pretty controversial? Um, was it called like the socialist, oh, yeah, the manifesto? socialist manifesto? Yeah, that, that's yeah, exactly yeah. what it was. Yeah, like that's a kind of controversial topic. Like, and, and honestly, it's like something that I like have always said I hate. Right, like socialism, yeah. it's totally anti-American, right? And yeah, I don't, I, I'm not saying that I've changed in that belief because I really haven't. But 
I think it goes to a larger conversation in my head that I'm trying to have right now as to, you know, where I identify with, like who represents my beliefs. Yeah. I just don't know anymore. And so I, uh, so I was sitting down in, in Firestone and I'm listening to the podcast and I'm just literally like visibly like shaking my head, listening to the, these people and like saying, holy shit. And so, um, the first clip, um, you know, kind of talks about, you know, why on how, like how we view politics and why, I guess is how I'll explain it. And then I'll let us react to it afterwards. That that point is really interesting and important. Speak more to what you mean by you want the country to be polarized, but along different lines, because yeah, we've had, if you accept that this was basically like a white working class centered (laughs) riot, and you accept that the, the protest movement over the summer was a black and brown working class centered, both of which I think Mm -hmm. could be contested, but let's allow for that, then you've had pitchforks coming from every aspect of the working class, just not in alignment, right? And that's the, that is, that's the way that elites keep power, is by keeping people polarized along these lines that you're saying. So what does that look like today, and how do you ultimately change that? Because I think that is the central challenge for the left. Well, I think right now you're seeing this extreme polarization in the U.S., but a polarization that on the international level wouldn't be considered that extreme. We Mm -hmm. just have a political system that's uniquely unable to deal with it. We have a political system with all these choke points, with all these ways for a disciplined minority, which is what the Republican Party is right now, um, to just prevent government from doing anything. And then, of course, that creates a feedback loop where people say, government cannot improve my life, therefore politics cannot improve my lives, and it it fosters even greater cynicism and this kind of right-wing... Um, anti-establishment feeling and sentiment. So you have Biden who basically says, my pitch is we could go back to the pre-polarized time. And he recognizes the only way you could get things done in the existing U.S. political system and the existing balance of, of power in the U.S. is compromise and bipartisanship and whatever else. It's not just rhetoric for him. I think he does understand that. Then you have Trump who just seemed like he was going to be some sort of anti-establishment right-wing populist force for good or evil, but it turns out that he's really just a nihilistic egomaniac. Yeah, um, that's exactly right. Um, so I think what hit home for me was like the first part of that quote where he's like talking about the polarization, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how, you know, that's how elites keep power. You know, and it's just like, I, I, I just did Spot on. I didn't think about it that way before. Like I'm going to play it again just to to kind of reinforce it. In my Government head. cannot improve my deal with yeah, it. it right we political right. system with all these choke points, with all these ways for a disciplined minority, which is what the Republican Party is right now, right. Um, to just prevent government from doing anything and then of course that creates a feedback loop where people say government cannot improve my life therefore politics cannot improve my lives and it it fosters even greater cynicism and this kind of right-wing um anti-establishment that right there i said that was me yeah that was me yep i said to myself government can't do shit you know i also had you know this view of you know which I think in theory is like a, is still a, a good view, but in general, you know, I, I always said small government, right? Small government, small government. I want the government to be less involved. And then it's like when you see that government can't do shit, like he said, it fosters this idea of fuck the government. They can't do shit. 
And I think the right wing capitalizes on people that feel, feel that way. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Or at least recently they have. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I mean, that, that's I, always kind of been the conservative mindset, less government, smaller government. Right. So. And, and, it, and, it, and it's, you know, because not, not all because of them, but they play a massive part in why the government doesn't do shit. You know what I mean? They're constantly right. blocking legislation that would, you know, change certain people's lives. The only legislation legislation that passes, whether it's partisan or not, is legislation that helps their special interests. Tax right. cuts, deregulations, etc. Like think think of, and this is insane to think about, out of all of the last what four presidencies that we can really remember. What are the major legislations passed? Trump's tax bill was the only major legislation that was passed during Trump's presidency. The only right, which one like, during- which helped, right? I mean, everybody got taxes, their taxes cut, right? So, yes and no. Everybody paid a lower tax rate for the. It's like for the first three years or so, and then the tax rates start to change. Most people who like, if you actually talk to them, had their amount of deductions reduced significantly. So like if you talk to my parents, like my dad, so he had like deductions in terms of mileage that he would use. Like he doesn't get mileage from work. He has to deduct that, et cetera. He drives 40,000 miles a year. All of those things were erased for a standard deduction, which is $12,000. Teachers lost deductions as well. Everybody lost deductions and corporations gained massive tax reductions. So it's, it was kind of a charade of like, yes, it helped. No, it, it, it was, we gave you the breadcrumbs while we gave them the cookie or we yeah. gave you the yeah. crumbs while we gave them the cookie. Yeah. But, but and it, Obamacare was the only major legislation passed right. in eight years of Obama. And it was the exact same thing. We gave more people health care. We're not going to talk about the fact that to use Cobra, it's $12,000 a year <laughs> and Obamacare is absolute shit, but we made bazillions more for the insurance companies. Bush, I think Bush did a, a tax cut. Definitely, well. yeah. Those are the only three major legislations that have passed in the last three presidencies. And the one, you know what Clinton's was? The fucking crime bill. Mm-hmm. Like, how Isn't absurd that the one is that, that Biden wrote? Yeah. Yep. Joey. So, um, like, if, if that doesn't show you what these people's interests are. It's, it's not to do things to help people to your point, Ty, like they're kind of playing us like fiddles. Democrats they're playing, playing God, dude, is what they're yeah. playing. Yeah. Now, they're now, like... And again, this is uh, this whole notion where I'm, I understand and acknowledge the fact that the government does need to serve more of a role. I think acknowledging that was a big thing for me, at least in my political yeah. ideology. Um, and so that, that was the first thing, um, that really hit me was, you know, how I was anti-government because the government doesn't do shit. Yeah. And the government doesn't do shit because of everything we've just talked about. Yeah. Because they don't want to do shit. Right. Exactly. Or because they're bought out not to do shit. Yeah. Um, so, and, and this, this was, um, all, all my notes said it was that this was Crystal's theory. So um, this was kind of the second thing. Because honestly, when I was sitting down, a light bulb went off in my head when I realized that. I was like, holy shit, he just said exactly what I felt like. Yeah. And then this was kind of the second thing. 
I mean, one of the theories that I have that you can tell me is really stupid or tell me that I'm brilliant for is um, when you have a politics where basically over decades people have been told the government can't do anything, like the best thing the government can do is go away. The consequences of which, by the way, we have reaped in like by tenfold this year in institutions failing at every single level to respond to the disease itself, to respond economically, to distribute a vaccine in a timely and orderly fashion. Like in every way, government failed as a result of this anti-politics over decades and decades. So when you've been telling people for years and years, like the government can't do anything for your life, the best thing you can hope is they just leave you alone. And you have a politics where the only things that you see the government doing are the things you really don't want them to do. Giving more tax cuts to rich people, passing more terrible trade deals, getting us into new wars. That's the only area where you see actual movement and cooperation to get people to believe again that, like, no, actually, the government could be a force for good could do good things in your life and could improve your material well-being and provide you with a level of security. Now, there's no guarantees in life, and Mm -hmm. that doesn't guarantee happiness or anything else, but at least could provide a reasonable floor under you. How do you make people believe in that again? And then the other part of the theory is basically like, look, when politics collapses down to where people just give up on government actually doing anything for them, then all they have is the culture war. All they have is like, which side is showing me the least contempt and saying the things that I want to hear that yeah. feel good to me. And that's all that politics become about. Dude. And I. F- Dude, it's so true, man. It's I mean, so true. I'm, I'm sitting there going It's about the noise. Right. Like that was incredible. Like she hit the absolute fucking nail on the head because I've never once in my life ever even thought to look at the government as, Hey, maybe like if they worked on things that can that are good and work together that they can actually like be a force for good as opposed to this malignant fucking bullshit. Yeah, you know, that we it's quite quite the novel against. idea right there. But I mean, I mean I, I, and then she describes everything that's going on right now where it's nothing's about policy anymore. It's all nothing, culture dude. war bullshit. Nothing. Yeah, it has broken down to all culture war bullshit. And I think that's a huge thing for me, too, is just realizing that the government uses that fucking culture war. And we say culture war, we mean just pitting you against uh, one another um, party versus party on, you know, things that have nothing to do with politics like race and religion and, you know, um, sexual orientation, taking your like all, these, away, all these things that socialism, all right. these things that would never happen in a million years will have never be real impactful things. Right. Exactly. And all the while I'm sitting there saying like, yeah, man, I mean, fuck the government, smaller government. You know, they don't do shit, you know, and you know, here we are in 2021 and you know, there was just an insurrection and we've broken down, you know, so far to where all we have is the culture war. And that's couldn't have been more obvious, you know, this last year, two years. Yeah. I, I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, okay, yep. Like the blindfold is taken off. Okay, Cause I didn't, didn't want to admit those things before. And I don't know if it's maybe because I didn't like, I just simply, I think it's really because I just didn't pay attention. Like I didn't get informed. I didn't go seek yeah. out information. So the only information that was given to me was when I happened to walk by and see CNN on the TV or, or or even check your news app on your phone. Like you only know what you know, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And 
and like I see because the news the app is the same way. It's it's a polarization of left and right. Totally, dude. And I guarantee you, it's an algorithm. Like I bet you, if I looked up a lot of pro-Trump shit, I'd have a different news feed on my news app. Yeah, I've never had a pro-Trump story ever on my. No, news absolutely app. not ever. So I, I mean, that was the second thing for me that I was like, "Yo, this podcast is cutting deep." Because like Seriously, honestly, like and, 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 and like you can make fun of it, but like I and I have also come around on, like I do feel like you know it's some sort of civic duty to pay more attention to this stuff. Like we are where we are because like I don't know if I can say that actually. I don't know if I'm being too extreme. No, I, say we I, are I where agree. Because people aren't paying attention, but people have never paid attention. We are where we are down. because we, not us specifically, but Americans let this happen. We've never held politicians accountable, right? We've let these decisions But we happen. never have ever, right? And I mean, there wasn't this bad before. There's also never been a viable alternative for us to turn to. And it seems like in the past 20, 30 years, something has been growing. And even the guy says it, and he's not very optimistic. Well, at least he is optimistic, but he was very real- about the status of the populist movement. I think he said like we went from irrelevant to being like weak. And yeah, he said like right. that's a pretty big jump when you consider, you know, what we're up against and it's not going to be something that's going to that we're, you're not going to see a populist presidential candidate that anyone takes seriously, you know, even next year the like next election or the election after that, but mm. it's going to be a slow trudging process for for this movement to truly take off. But, but I think a silver lining is before the last five years and really last three years, like these things that we're learning, the only way you would have ever learned that, dude, is like if you were lucky, maybe this guy came and spoke at your college right. or you found his book right. in a book cor- a corner of a bookstore. So I, I think there's a chance for call the populist movement, call it people being like more aware of how things really work. Like I think this is the future. I think you even see it yeah, at but- work. You you have to, like, and it was crazy, dude, because I'm stalking Crystal Ball at, on the same on the same day. I found her Instagram. I'm just kind of scrolling all the way back through, and I mean, dude, she was all in on Hillary. Like, yeah, she used like, to, to work the, from the point, right? Yeah, she right to the point where it was like uncomfortable. I'm like, oh no, yeah, oh no, oh no. Say it. I've never so. I've never seen any of that old footage. That's interesting. But but, but you can, and she'll admit now. That she has to, she had to strip herself out of that, and nobody wants to admit that the Democratic Party does things bad, right? Yeah, because I, I, it's that, obvious that's your, that's they, your they, tribe. That they, it's obvious that they hold the the popular vote in the country, right? They have the the culture war movement on their side, right? Where it's if you don't vote for us, then you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're a misogynist, yep. you're an evil person, right? And so. I think that's gaining like significant momentum. And in order for you to have this conversation that we're having right now, you cannot wear a red or a blue hat. Yeah. No, you can't like, and, and crystal is certainly left, right? Sagar is certainly right. But I don't even think they'd like identify themselves as like Democrat or Republican. Like they might say, like, yeah, if I have to like pick one or the other, I guess they to. they refer to themselves as liberal and conservative. Right. Right. Yeah. Which does not mean and again another like holy shit moment is like those two things don't have to be synonymous. Yeah. 
like and like, populist does not have to be synonymous with crazy socialist and then yes no. yes 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 yeah this is what i'm talking about this is what i was like all going through while waiting for my oil to get <laughs> it was incredible and that's why i had i like texted you guys i was laughing i was just like yo like the blindfold has been taken off like i would have never in a million years thought liberal doesn't have to mean democrat yeah like conservative that, doesn't that, have that's to mean that's Republican. what we've been exposed to and then like jared said that's the information we've had at our disposal so why would we think liberal is any different than that or why would we think conservative is any different than that now there's an alternative and it's gaining prominence and it's a great thing even even if i'm not all in on every single thing that they say yeah I and i'll totally get into that too right. yeah i totally understand where they're coming from and i i don't know if i've had a uh, a, uh, a an awakening of, of sorts like, like Ty has, but I certainly do. I can't get enough of that kind of news where it's just the news, no bias. That's it. And it's great thought provoking discussions. Like those long form yes. podcasts are great. Like that, I've enjoyed Crystal and Kyle and Friends, the couple of Sagers podcasts I listen to. Like it makes you think. You don't agree gotta, with everything they Sagers. say, but it, but it makes you think a lot. Oh yeah, Definitely. and and so this was kind of the last. This is the last cut I had from that show, and I think it kind of encapsulates what we just talked about. Some of them were a bit tenuous, like a Thomas Jefferson book club to read books, Lenin books. Probably didn't make a lot of sense. They had it, um, whereas Thomas Paine, like he was actually one of us, right? Mm -hmm. um, but but this view of American history that there was good and there was bad, and these good and bad things, and these different classes, and these different forces, these different uh, ideas between the extreme reactionary American slaver class to the people fighting for abolition and fighting to fulfill um, the the you know real enlightenment spirit of the American Revolution with a second American Revolution, our, our Civil War and Reconstruction. This was the common narrative and I'm afraid now there's two narratives developing. One by the right, which is from the beginning it was always just bliss and there is just yeah. this mm -hmm. glorious American tradition mm -hmm. and people who hate Founded it. Founded on equality completely. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Nothing right. weird mm -hmm. in our founding. <laughs> Don't look at the Native American genocide mm -hmm. of slavery. Shut up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then on the other hand, I think some of the, the 1619 project and, and other right. things, which go to the other extreme of just painting a very Everything's narrow, terrible. Everything's bad. Evil. There's no positive stuff. There's no, nothing in the founding documents that actually is redeemable. Right, and it makes our life idea. harder. It makes our life of harder does, as yeah. we're trying to actually, um, you know, reveal some of these these the truth about American um, history. But we have to say that we've been able to win very significant victories. The mo dude, I mean, is that not exactly what happens now yeah. in today's political spectrum? I was literally thinking it before he said that. I was like, the problem with this, dude, as soon as you tell somebody what does a populist sound like, they think AOC. Right. And they think the extreme, right. what do they call the um, her and her posse? Squad. The, That's they right. Think yeah. Squad, dude. Right. They, think of the squad. they don't think of unions or anything about helping working people. They think of the squad. Right, dude. And so, like, and like when he said that, again, I'm like, 1,000%. Like there is this narrative like that, you know, the the right, you know, or, or at least they come off as not wanting to at least have a conversation about what happened in American history. Right. And, you know, what can we learn from the bad or talk about the bad and the good. Right. Um, and there's the left where they will they don't want to acknowledge anything 
that's good about America. No, it, nothing it's all positive. Let, let, let's bring up as many terrible, awful things to paint this country in the most negative light possible. And that that is the most polarizing thing, you know, you can, you can think of is like, how do you view the country? Yeah. It's like nobody wants to be somewhere in the middle. Or, or at least that's not true. I want to they be somewhere. They the won't let you be somewhere in the middle when you have to vote in a two-party system. Yeah, that's that's certainly true. It, it, it's only are you going to vote with someone who, you know, is going to want to put the New York Times sixteen nineteen project in school curriculums, or are you going to vote with uh, the party who barely wants to acknowledge slavery and barely wants to acknowledge you know, all the terrible things that have happened throughout the course of American history. Either sound and attractive it, at all. But according to them, if you're not for the 1619 movement, you're a racist. But if you are, <laughs> if you're a Republican and you're not for keeping things as they are. And you're an American. Um, right. You're anti-American. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're Antifa, you you're an win. anarchist. <laughs> exactly. Right. So, again, I'm just like, that was the third thing where I was like, holy shit. This, I've never heard this talked about like this before. Like, yeah. So, Jared, ter- you, are, you do a terrible job of explaining your point. Because <laughs> I, I have to give you credit. There had, to be a, there had to be a negative in there for Jared at some point, I guess. I have to give you credit because you kind of rode this train for, a, you know, a long time. Right? I mean... I mean, it, it probably started over the last, I'd say, 18 months when I started getting more and more interested. No, but in you were Bernie, Bernie, bro. You know, no, no, I, I didn't even, I didn't vote in 2016. Um, but I, I feel I, like I've always, I, I always, you are synonymous with like, I feel like you always, I've, I've had always that. been anti establishment. Yeah. Anti establishment. But I've definitely gotten more into but it. But like over we said, anti establishment can mean very different things, right? Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, this 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 drove it all home to me, whereas there was a lot of mixed messaging. And, you know, I I think this just cut clear to it. And and even still, like, I I am okay with the fact that all three of these people, you know, have more left wing ideology than I do. I'm 100 percent okay with that because they're rational. They Mm -hmm. acknowledge it. You know what I mean? And they talk about it. And they present the other side. Yeah. Yep, and they acknowledge faults of, of both sides. I was just yeah, and and they admit when they're wrong. Yeah, and they'll, they'll come out and say clearly, "Hey, I had this take, my bad. And, 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 I thought and, this way, and that's okay." I, I want to tell them. I want to say thank you so much because it allows people like me to understand the other side. It really does, and like I think Sagar does an awesome job of always trying to you know, be the guy who's a little more reasonable when Crystal brings up some, you know, out yeah, there. Yeah, he'll, he'll definitely right? push back. And kind yeah, of ground you and out. say, okay, all right, well, you know, what about this, though, and that? And, you know, I, I just, I, I, there's no way, I, I would say I've always identified as a Republican, right? Mm-hmm. If, if I had to choose, but in that two-party system, I've always yeah. said to myself, I align myself more with Republicans than I do Democrats, and I don't think that's the case anymore. Yeah. And now I'm struggling with, like, who do I identify with? Because you you go over to the left and you have those same kinds of problems where you're like, this isn't what represents what I feel. 
Like, cause so, I'm a, I'm a totally mixed bag. Yeah. Like, and, so, and I was, no, go ahead. Uh, so now do you guys get when I was having my identity crisis yes. of like, depending on the topic, I'm either pro Bernie or like, Totally Trump opposite you, cases, right? You've been yeah. all over the political spectrum. And, in the and last now you can kind of see where that thought process comes from is I don't feel like I have a home. No and mad then, mo. So I, I was writing down, um, cause I knew we'd have this conversation. I was like trying to write down notes as I was listening to it. And the first sentence is I'm becoming a populist. Um, and, but I, then I, this next sentence was who represents my views because, um, I wrote down, like, how do we make the government work without, and, and again, this is controversial, you know, and maybe this is a part of the, the reckoning that's happening in my head, but I wrote down, like, how do we make the government work for the people without what, without giving out what can be only uh, perceived as handouts? And when I yeah. say that, I mean, like, a UBI program, because yeah. I've totally gone 180 on Medicare for All. I'm a huge Medicare for all supporter and which is nuts, right? Because a mere, what, three months ago, like you and I were arguing about whether that's the right or wrong thing. Right. And on this exact podcast, that's the the very much the wrong thing. Right. And I I think some of the things I brought up need to be a part of a conversation around. Totally. Totally. But I said to myself, that doesn't mean it's not a good thing. Right. And you like, can, I can see, go ahead. No, no, you can go ahead. I was saying, but, but you can see how so many people have the opinion they have on a topic that is perceived as controversial, like Medicare for all, because there are so many interests in making that look like a terrible idea. Right. So let's try to get to that. What are the interests that are against Medicare for all? Who's going to be substantially impacted. I think that's that that was an easy one. That's the health insurance companies. Right now health insurance companies can charge whatever they want. Okay. Right? And and they're paid Is there anyone else that would have a cascading negative benefit if if we were to move to a national health system like that? I'm sure there maybe there are other lobbyists for like other for-profit hospitals and stuff like yeah. that. Probably. Yeah. Um but I'd say the big, so big one would be the, the health At the end of the day, companies. we think it's just the insurance companies really standing in the way of making that conversation move forward. I think, I think it's part that, and I do think there's a lot of conservative ideology that does genuinely think the government doesn't do anything right. Why should we let it trust it to run health care? Which but is a thousand percent a valid view, right? Totally. I mean, but, but it's, when it's you actually concern. do the research of every other developed country in the world right, and, and like the benefits of a single payer healthcare system, the benefits to a person outweigh the current system, like a billion to one. Like, dude, have you ever looked well, at like what your deductible is for your health insurance? It, yeah. Was a couple and thousand good dollars health insurance? Yeah. Yeah. So think, think about that. We have good health insurance. What happens if you're like a, a working class paycheck to paycheck person and your deductible's $6,000 or $10,000? That means you paying that out of pocket. You ain't getting health care, homie. Either that a or you're strapped with a fucking dude. high interest bill that's tied to it. Yep. That you got to like, pay off for fucking that, that, That'll never be okay for me. Yeah. And some people may say, yeah, I want to keep my current insurance. It's because they don't really understand like, 
So, so that was another question I works. had, right? And I don't know how I'm asking you these questions off the cuff. Um, because, again, like I said, now I'm in full support of this. Um, and be- actually, before I move forward, I want to get Adam's opinion. What do you, what do you think about that? Because I, I think you and I kind of had the same uh, tact against Jared when we were having that discussion. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly I certainly haven't thought about it nearly as much as you guys. I'll be totally honest, but um, I sort of I'm getting closer to understanding why this is needed. Um, I don't know if I'm as far as, you know, like 100, 1000 percent in favor like, like you guys are, but I'm certainly a lot further towards where you guys are than I was a few months ago. Mm. But um, I, I, I think one of again, the obviously insurance companies would have an issue with that. I think one of the other arguments is what the incentive to innovate in medical technology. If, if it's just kind of standard across the board, like what's the incentive to, you know, advance what we have in terms of practice and medical innovation. I get, I think that was another argument yeah. against well, for it. Me, it would more be like where's the money going to come from for the innovation right right like are are is the government going to invest as much as like the the private uh segment has you know what i mean that was that was one of the things i had brought up which yeah right, which, like, which we is have something like no, it's totally valid but, question right yeah but like, that, that doesn't a conversation mean with an expert about it yeah and that doesn't mean and again i i think we've all said it before i mean we may be I mean, at, at the time, not we, but like Tyler and I had our problems with it. But I'm pretty sure we both said if they said, hey, tomorrow we're starting Medicare for all. I would like to see how it works. I, totally. I would love to see it. Like, let's, let's, let's try it out. I mean, I, I know it's it's to go from one healthcare system to another and then to switch back to the previous one. I would imagine that's going to spin some heads. But so and that I, was like, I personally would would love to see how it would work out because again like like you said Jared every other developed country in the world does the exact same thing there's probably a reason why and so I'm just curious like do we know like all right so would what would change for us like would anything change at all in terms of like our benefits or coverage yeah so the way health insurance works currently is your employer pays 80% of it we pay 20% of it usually and that's in terms of the amount taken out of your paycheck. When you're sick, we're responsible for everything up to our deductible and the health insurance company kicks in. So there would be some type of change in this, like, I don't know how exactly it would work where this money would now be, as opposed to us and our employers paying the health insurance companies, I think it'd be taxed. You'd be taxed that amount or a percentage of that amount to this single payer healthcare system that acts as the, I guess, the insurance company now of like kind of they're the ones determining the market for medical procedures in my dumb way of like thinking about it. That's how I would understand it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. Like, do people that have good health insurance now have any reason to say or be concerned about like that? Like, that's what I'm trying to think about. Yeah, Cause like, I, I want to understand it fully to at least acknowledge like and not totally dismiss like i think some people would you know those kind of concerns i I think all the points adam brought up are totally valid i think one of the other points we brought up was like should i have to pay more because fat so next door who's got diabetes (laughs) which is totally something else i would say yeah something else i would say well someone who i rarely go to the doctor i'm not the healthiest person but 
why why would and i'm, I'm just being i'm just yeah. throw, throwing this out for the argument but why should i front fatso mcgee next door you know for for not you know eating anything but processed like shit. Frank the tank we really pay him yeah. the tank right like it, like why should yeah, i that's, pay a, that's a very very fair argument bill yeah. how do we how do you overcome that argument which in all honesty if, if we were to think about it, we're probably already paying for those people because insurance rates yeah. are not based it's on it's individuals a, right well, it's like your car insurance I'm yeah paying, like, i'm paying for all the people that have had accidents so yeah. right yeah but you're right you're right so we already are to an extent while, while you were speaking, Ty, I looked up the profit that a health insurance company had last year, $32 billion in profit. So I think that's a moral question in itself of should health insurance even be a, a for-profit company? Right. Like insurance in home insurance, auto insurance, like there's a, there's like a need a for it. There, there's a need for it, right? You don't right. want to have to drop your house burns down. What are you going to not have a house or your car or whatever. Like, does that same model even really make sense for if you get sick? I guess you're protecting yourself against risk, but like, should that be for profit? Like that's $32 billion in profit is massive. to, to, To me though, they're, there is a distinction. I think this is why my mind has changed completely on it is I've listened to enough people talk about it where I do now believe that health and well-being, like healthcare, it, it should be treated completely on its own and looked at on its own. And so, yes, the answer to the question would be I, I would look at it differently than car insurance because you could drive a car without car insurance, you know, get uh, in an accident, right? And I'm not talking about having car insurance to be able to pay somebody else because I think that's important. But yeah. um, for yourself, right, collision insurance, like you could just be without a car. And like, yeah, that would suck for you, but you could live. Yeah. You can't live if you can't get health care. No. Yeah, there, there, there's alternatives to a car to get to and from work or from A to B, but health insurance or, or health care shouldn't be that much of a negotiable topic. Yeah, and pretty, like pretty, I get, yeah, and like I brought dry. up the fact that there are like you know Medicare, Medicaid programs, et cetera. But you know, I I just think that there's clearly like a, that lower middle class of people who get fucking hosed when it comes to that shit. And, you know, and I don't and, even and even think us, dude, like who, yeah. who are I don't even know how you would classify us. I don't fucking want to be getting a bill. You know what I mean? It's thousands of dollars. That, from... That's what I was going to say, dude. Like, yeah, it's not just a lower middle class issue. Dude. Right. But most families live close to paycheck to paycheck. I don't care how much money you make. I would say most families spend as much as they make, whether they make six sure. figures or not. Sure. Large majority drive the Lexus and the nice cars and have the big house and they, they spend as much as they make. People can't afford $10,000 medical bill surprises. Right. No, absolutely not. Right? Like you shouldn't have to plan for that of like, hey, I get cancer, I'm gonna be in debt hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, right. And and that's again, like, you know, I don't I'm, maybe we just didn't have enough conversations about it, you know, but in order to, to really change my mind. But you know, I just only looked at it from that frame of mind where it's like government is wh- bad. Government is bad, so it's gonna like be run shittily, right? Um, shittily <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to be run like shit and 
I don't really love the idea of paying for someone else's insurance, right? If I'm a healthy individual. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, you know, those two things can quickly be, you know, at least contested in a rational way. Um, and I think the benefits that come along with being able to have everybody have healthcare, you know, would be huge. Um, but you know, I think before they implement that, like, I just think implementing it like that would be scary because it's like, couldn't you imagine like the healthcare system being overrun? Like yeah, people just going I, I don't to the because everybody I don't would think, have access. Yeah, I, could, I don't I think mean, they'll ever implement it. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, I hope they do, right? But that's kind of some of the things I think of is like, well, we are, while we are the wealthiest nation in the world, like, <laughs> we're also the most unhealthy. Yeah. Like, I mean, and... our hospitals are at capacity. I mean, obviously, we're in the middle of a pandemic, but I mean, even before that, I mean, our you hospitals were. <laughs> you gotta, yeah, you're going there, you got to wait. At that time, and I mean, Jared, I don't know if you know this, you probably do because you've talked about it before. Like, how many people are without? Like, what percentage of people would you say? Oh, I forgot. It's a okay. lot, dude. It's it a lot, but like, that's uninsured with, like... and underinsured, like 30% of America right. or something crazy like that. So now with 100% of the country being insured and, and having health, you know, health care and, and access to it, that's going to like, that's going to have that domino effect on the rest of the entire industry. So it's not as easy just to change the system in terms of what people pay. Everything else is going to have to adapt. And you're, you're talking about a complete in like complete infrastructural overhaul. With, with the entire medical system that, that we've all known. So, and, and that, that just made me think another person who definitely has or another establishment that definitely has a vote in keeping the current healthcare system corporations, because they want employees to need to be employees. They want you to keep your job for the healthcare. They don't right. want you to yeah. say, yeah, sure. how many people they pride freedom. themselves on. Absolutely. Benefits. There are right. so many people that have a job solely for the healthcare. And they, they love advantage. being able to yeah. hold that over people said, well, I read an article today. It was uh, who just laid off a shit ton of people, some huge company dude. And all of them just lost, lost their healthcare in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. Not okay. Like, brutal. Not okay, dude. Um, so, right. I, I, I came to that conclusion pretty recently, uh, where I said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a hundred percent behind it. I do think it's definitely something that, you know, we should be pushing to implement. It's definitely something that, you know, is a popular movement supported by a majority of Americans. Um, but I, so I feel myself leaning left, right. And all of a sudden I'm like, okay, wait, I don't agree with UBI. I'm open to my mind being changed. Mm-hmm. I right now I, I have concerns with UBI and that concept. I have concerns with like the jobs guarantee program or programs that they talk about. I have a problem with their stance on immigration. Right? I have several other problems. So like now where does that lead me? Keeps you right in the middle, I guess. Like Somewhere and even and in even the middle. and even minimum wage. Like yeah, I support an increase in minimum wage, but why does nobody, even Crystal, like acknowledge that if we do that, how are, do we expect small businesses to respond? As they're already struggling to keep their payroll right now, and you're going to say, right. okay, you're just 
increasing these people's compensation by 30% overnight. Like that's I would risky. Say sometimes even more than 30%, right? I mean, the fucking yeah, minimum I'm wage is somebody dude, who makes, you know, 10, like, 12 bucks an hour, but never mind. Minimum so wage is like eight bucks, wage. nine bucks an hour through most in, in most of the country. Yeah. So for those people, you're almost doubling, doubling it. it. Yeah. So I, so I, and I'm trapped. I'm like, you know, I'm definitely like starting to feel that populist energy where, you know, I want to get behind something like Medicare for all. Um, and I want to believe that the government can do things that are good, but who's AOC does AOC is going to give me a lot of things that I don't yeah. think the, are the good. Andrew Wiggins. Like, so uh, what are your th- thoughts on movement. that stuff, Jared? Because you're, I would say more, have more populist energy than I do. I, I think all of those topics, um, I think are polarizing and none of them we see openly discussed with like real evidence like we have a little bit with medicare for all on why it's a good idea like none of those things that you highlighted are things where i'm like i'm absolutely for it right but every one of them there's a a little part of me that says i understand why we may want to do that but there's a lot of things and like we say there's a lot of hesitations to doing that as well like 15 dollars an hour like I mean, UBI have never really liked that idea, but like the little glimmer is like, it, it would be kind of awesome if, you know, you, we all got a thousand dollars a month to like help cover our expenses and billionaires and corporations paid their fair share of taxes to help fund that. And we could now work on generating more income, but like, obviously that's a very ideal, idealized thought process. So I, I'd say right. I'm in the same and, and spot one, as Matt, you. Probably wouldn't happen as shiny and shimmery as it sounds. No, for every one person who said, "Now I'm going to take this money in my free time and start a business," you're going to have nine people who <laughs> fucking smoke weed all day on that couch. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, I I feel the same way you do, but I think I think that's okay. I, I think it's okay to be a topic by topic, be willing to have an open conversation on it. Um, but I do agree with you that there's no, are we still, uh, you know, square peg in a round hole situation? Like I haven't really like, I, I wasn't even a round peg in a round hole before. Like I wasn't, <laughs> I said, I identified Republican, but like I did, I got, I, I voted for Trump. You were around... I didn't vote. I didn't vote this time. I would have voted Biden this time if I had not been on a work trip. Yeah. So. I, I definitely think we're still kind of stuck, but I, I think like, if we look at all those issues, dude, there's nobody in like DC or in the, we'll call it the elite establishment trying to implement any of those things to actually help people. So right, we, like we not can even s- AOC wants to fight. For no, no. For she had her chance to, to bring Medicare for all to the floor and she, she didn't flopped. do it. So like, yeah, we, we so don't, why don't have- those, why don't the, why doesn't the squad get more shit? Is it just because they're the only progressive people in politics? So people like Crystal want to keep their they, they, they got distance? some shit from Rising and Jimmy Dore and Kyle Kalinske and those guys. Um, but mainstream media won't touch them because they love the identity politics. Mm-hmm. And Twitter loves the mob. So, like, is it ever going to be a situation where someone... Like, because that, that's so polarizing and, like, so I bet you so few people would have the similar stances as me where like, because I'm for Medicare for all, which makes me that much more for stricter immigration policy. Sure. Right. Because 
if you're playing the identity politics game, you want to let all these illegal immigrants into the country for good reasons or bad, and then give them health care that we all have to pay for. Right. I don't think that's yeah. okay. I think it's a fair Not point. Not at all. Right? And so if I'm going to vote for anyone that supports Medicare for all, there will be a 99.999% chance that they're for legal immigration and want to relax those laws and, you know, play the identity politics game and do a lot of the things that turn us off. Like, is there going to be anyone that can cut through that? Like, you know what? You know what the answer is? You know what the answer is? This is what my realization was, is it was fucking Bernie. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I don't know about Bernie and his immigration stance. Maybe uh, maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe he is for... Like, do you know, Jared, like what his stance um, is? My guess is he's probably pretty liberal with immigration. Yeah. And so, but he doesn't play the identity politics game to me. No. Like, I don't he think he, he get... was standing up for trannies and gay people in the 70s. Like he genuinely, what he, he says. A, he was a hippie. Yeah. Big time hippie. Like he does not, he doesn't play the identity politics now. And I don't even think he like, like that usually isn't a part of his platforms. They're usually more universal economic programs. He's he's a man from the union hall. He's for working class Americans. Yeah, and he does he he doesn't run a campaign on like social justice. He runs a campaign on things that he thinks in a non direct way can help social justice, like free education, like Medicare for all, you know. And I think if you polled Americans and actually had conversations with them, it'd be the same issues they actually care about, too. Most Americans don't give a fuck about identity politics. Yeah. So, again, to the media, completely painting Bernie as a lunatic. Yep. And letting people like me believe it. Dude, they, now, I still they, think he's right. I still think he's out there, right? I mean, yeah. he's not perfect. But definitely out like there. We, but... Like we've said, nobody's perfect. And if I had a chance now, I'd be inclined to vote for Bernie. Yeah. They, they took the election from him twice. Right. His own party took the election from him twice. And again, I, I and I disagree with him on some stuff, but you know, um, I'd rather I, I have think... someone get in there and shake some shit up right now than continue to do the same fucking bullshit yeah. that we've been doing. Continue I, I think to it's see a... politicians guarantee two thousand dollar checks, <laughs> get the votes they need, and then say, "Psych, bitch, fourteen hundred. Yeah, if you can do math." You already got six hundred. So, <laughs> like, it's it's fucking pathetic. It's awful. Like, Republicans don't stand for anything for working people. Um, I've totally given up on trying to defend that side. Um, I I appreciate that they're for free market capitalism, and I'm all for that. I don't want to make, you know, I don't want to take money out of the pockets of Jeff Bezos just because he's made a ton of money in his life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I want to foster that idea of you can make as much money as you fucking can in this country. If you work your dick off and you have a great idea, what's to stop you from making a lot of money? Sure. So I appreciate that sentiment when it comes to capitalism. But aside from that, I don't really see what they stand for. You know who was looked at in a very similar light as Bernie from the establishment and the elites? FDR. So yeah, you hear, you know, you hear a lot more about, you know, in these last like few weeks is the whole new deal conversation. Yep. And he, he was, they did not want him to win. They did everything they could to stop him. I, I think it was um, the most recent crystal and Kyle and the guy I talked about 
if we would have had Herbert Hoover as a president twice, so if there was another Herbert Hoover do nothing president, a la Trump during COVID, right, and not FDR, what would have happened to America? Who knows? Yeah, right. FDR, you could argue, saved Middle America. Right, because like even like this, the the things that you can say Trump did well, like we said, you can always kind of also point to something where it was unfair, right? Like in the in the tax cuts, like. You know, I I enjoyed and appreciated, um, you know, the break in taxes, right? Like, I think I I don't want to fucking pay any more taxes. Yeah, I fucking hate taxation. You know, and that and that goes back to a more like right wing view of the government is, you know, I don't want you to charge me for everything under the sun. Yeah, like. Be, and a lot of it is because we know they don't do it effectively or efficiently. So everything is fucking bloated. It's and not like our and... tax dollars go directly to the things we want. Correct. Them to. Yeah. Correct. So I think I have a more of a problem with that than the tax dollars themselves. Yeah. Hey, Adam, for, uh, for next week's episode, what do you think about doing a little research and giving us a crash course on FDR? I only know like, Oof, what the a cliff tease. notes. Well, 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 I don't know we if we're going to be able week? to fit that in next week. Woo! Maybe. Oh, well, he's <laughs> our guest is only what, 15 minutes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah true. True. Yeah. So either next week or, or the week after, I just think it's it'll be interesting to, as we're having these populist conversations, talk about the guy who some would say is our most popular president ever. They tried to elect him four times. They mm. they made an amendment because of him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to ask me twice to do a deep dive on history. All right, well, I, I bored myself to death. So, Adam, do we have a, uh, a a return of one of the best segments in show history? Absolutely. Woo! Time to stay woke, people. All okay. right. I did have some Trump tweets that I wanted to read, but we can set that aside. Well, Actually, can, can I can can read? read? All right, I'll read. read. I, I don't know what. I don't know how tired Jared's getting. It's tired. Past go ahead. I'll, you can go ahead. So we, we were talking earlier because obviously after tomorrow, Trump will officially, well, I wouldn't say officially be no more because you know he's not going anywhere, regardless of what happens with impeachment. Uh, he'll still be in the, in, the, in the airwaves. Yes, we know. But I felt it was necessary to go through and look back on these unintentionally hilarious things that he blessed us with. Um, not saying in a, in a supportive way, but let's be honest, we all got such a fucking kick out of. He was lots certainly of entertaining, and and I, I I will say that especially for the the students I teach, he got that generation into politics for better or worse. People were paying attention because of how fucking wild he was. But anyway, so the first tweet I found, and this is a classic one, probably one of the original ones, was despite the constant negative press, Cafefe. <laughs> I love that time since we've heard about Kefefe, which up until 2019, he claimed still had a meaning and it was intentional that he typed Kefefe. Yep. Although we still don't know exactly what he meant. He had like multiple tweets after that about Kefefe, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the other quote was, why are we having all of these people from shithole countries come here? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. We got a president <laughs> saying this stuff. Well, yeah. When did fantastic. he tweet that? So that was when the whole when he was restricting countries from from, you know, immigrating or em emigrating to the United States or putting a limit on certain countries. And he wanted more of the, quote, white countries like Sweden and did Norway. He say, and, did he say white? I don't know if he said white, but he I quoted it because I just 
assume he said white, but he pretty much said like the better countries and named like the, like three of the whitest possible countries you can (laughs) name. So essentially he said that another good quote about the media, which obviously spurred um, one of his classic quotes is the media is really the word. I think one of the greatest of all terms I've come up with is fake. (laughs) So Fake news, I think, Ingenuity. was born around then. Yeah, a new word has come about. <laughs> My favorite word, like you know, like tweet, like him, like isn't it a fantastic thing to imagine? Like him sitting down and his two thumbs typing that out on his phone, just glowing as he's sending it. Read One it again. Greatest terms I've come up with. It's the greatest. I love it. Fake. <laughs> he's the only fucking. What person. do you people have to think of? Uh, what do you people think about that? And then the last Mega! one I had. <laughs> exactly. And then the last one, uh, just a quick one. I have tremendous respect for women. <laughs> Incredible. Just go, yeah, just kind of He's a good guy. Of, good he, guy. Great guy. He will be missed. Good dude, good guy, right, Mom? I, I, I had a couple of Trump memories, too. Um, in the so only one of mine was a tweet. <laughs> so this was in, in response to a rape allegation of Trump. I'll say it with great respect. Number one, she's not my type. Number two, it never happened. It never happened. Okay. It was like tweet that while he was president. Not my type. Did you tweet that while he was president? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just had to get that out there. Incredible. Uh, Even if I would do something, it wouldn't be to her. Yeah. Can I make one thing crystal clear? Because <laughs> she I was nasty looking. Yeah, that she's not my type. I didn't want to make it crystal clear that I did not do what I'm being accused of. <laughs> <I didn't. laughs> so the um the other ones that weren't tweets, they were just things that happened. So I think my number one favorite thing was Trump and Giuliani's post uh, election press conference at the four seasons. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> And instead of the Four Seasons Hotel, they actually book at a Four Seasons landscaping company and do it in the fucking parking lot. And like Giuliani played it off as like, this is exactly what I intended or like, something. Dude, there yeah. is no chance in hell you would pick to do that at a fucking landscaping garage. Um, and then, Ty, did you get the two uh, videos I sent you? Um, yeah. I- did yeah. They're they're quick tweet videos, so just play play those one at a time. Well, how am I supposed to do it from the phone, dude? You got to email me them. My my phone is. Oh, I, I wasn't the... thinking. I sent it because I have iMessage on my Mac. Um, I play one of my favorites. Oh, look at my African American over here! Look at that. <laughs> Are you the greatest? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> uh... Actually, I, I I just remembered. Uh, you guys remember that solar eclipse? Yeah. I think it was like last year, like pre-COVID it may have been. I don't remember exactly, but, obviously, you know, everyone was freaking out about it, like what time it was going to be, and everyone needs to watch, you know, and it's going to be amazing. And every doctor on the face of the earth specifically said, whatever you do, if you're going to look at the solar eclipse, make sure you have like these specific glasses on, otherwise don't <laughs> yeah. look at all. And of course, the, the one image that gets flown around is Trump just like looking up and just squinting straight <laughs> at the solar eclipse. <laughs> and that image just went completely viral after that. Oh, man. I, I just emailed you the two links, Ty. Okay. They're, they're like 10 second tweet videos, but they're, I thought they were fucking great. God, I'm going to miss this guy so much. So am I. Seriously, yeah. dude. Fuck. 
I don't care how bad that sounds to the pussies out there who may be listening and be offended by that, but I may vote for him in twenty twenty four. Like it has a th- little bit of a thread. There was um one video that was like a minute and fifty two, and another was nineteen. Um, oh, was it the water one? The, the water one was one of them. The other one was the uranium. <laughs> okay, yeah. So here's the water one. This is a tough hurricane, one of the wettest we've ever seen from the standpoint of water. Rarely <laughs> have we had an experience like it. And it certainly is not good. Florence has been a nasty one, a big one, like that area certainly has never seen before. <laughs> uh, all right, you. So the other, the other one wasn't a. Um, is it a thread from Alan White on Twitter? Uh, hold on. That should be a ten-second video about uranium. Oh man, this is what I was watching. Just cracking myself up as I was eating dinner. <laughs> these videos. Oh yeah, yeah. Hold on, I, I got it. Oh, this guy is fucking incredible. You know what uranium? The national is, right? treasure. This thing called nuclear. Think. You know what uranium is, right? This thing called nuclear weapons and other things like lots of things are done with uranium, including some bad things. You know what uranium is, right? And obviously Biden doesn't have as many of these spoofs, but he has oh, some. I mean, dude, he's already just I mean, th- as funny. Think about the ones we played. They were pretty fucking great. Oh, he just so good. He didn't actually say words. He said like <laughs> 10 Ooh, letters mushed together. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I, at least today's politicians in this day and age can give us at least a little bit of entertainment. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. As long as they're senile and, and rapey. Keep us woke um, so we can go to bed. All right, let's stay woke. All right, here we go. First up on the woke hot seat is some of the capital rioters who happen to be fans of Italian food. So bear with me. So one of my favorite Italian eateries, Olive Garden, released a statement shortly after the riots. So I'll just read it quickly. At Olive Garden, we're here when we're here or when you're here, your family, right? Is that the quote? Yeah, you're fucking looking at it. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Our traditions, like unlimited soup, salad, and breadsticks, have been enjoyed by many guests from all over the country and throughout the entire political spectrum. It has come to our attention that a few of our guests have have taken part in a vicious attack on our nation's capital. We have worked with the FBI and the holiday. I I can just imagine these high up Olive Garden executives like working hand in hand with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. <laughs> so the FBI and the Holiday Inn in D.C. to identify several guests who have both frequented our restaurants and participated in the violent uprising against our government this week. In closing, Olive Garden has invalidated our never-ending pasta pass for several guests and revoked a lifetime <laughs> pasta pass <gasps> on Hannity. So oh, Hannity no. I I'm just, I think he can still go to Olive Garden. He just doesn't get unlimited pasta. Which let's take a second. Like I've never heard of these things. I've heard of the unlimited right. pasta. If, if pass, you had you heard of it. them, Adam, you would be a platinum member. <laughs> I mean, you weigh four hundred pounds. I don't live that far from Olive Garden. I haven't had their breadsticks in so long. 
but a never end, like a lifetime pasta pass. Like yeah, you just how, get unlimited pasta. So it's, it's clear Hannity that Adam. It, it's clear that Adam feels that this is a much stronger punishment than incarceration. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can talk all you want about like 10 years of prison for, you know, um, vandalizing federal property. But if you're just going around, have just you fucking a- had the breadsticks before? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's all you can eat salad soup. Do you understand some what that right means. now? <laughs> all right. So that's the first one. Second one on the woke hot seat is pregnancy. Oh, Christ. So recently, the Harvard School of Medicine, obviously a well-respected um, medical school quite well in the country but the world has really jumped into the woke uh, arena recently um, in an article they in an, actually a tweet that they released um, uh, u- using the term birthing people when describing women no because, I saw that. quote not all who give birth are women or girls Birthing people is used to include non-binary and transgender people. So people were a little first they were confused and then they elaborated on it by explaining the bi- the unbinary or sorry, non-binary and transgender. Easy. And people were getting very upset. And it div- it just divulged into something else that I'm going to bring up in a second which is not even related to pregnancy at all, which is is wild. Uh, the third on the hot seat are fans of Kamala Harris. So clearly her plagiarism of the great Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, story knows no bounds. Um, this random person in front of our four-year-old, I told Nick, I'm assuming that's that's the kid, that Trump's Twitter account was finally suspended. And she asked what was what, sorry, what that meant. So I started to say, He's no longer able to dot, dot, dot. And she interrupts, tell lies. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. And there were several responses to that that I, I don't have on here anymore. But so many people were just making up these stories of what their kids were saying. And oh, dude, all, I saw some of them. They were ridiculous. Oh, my God. It was a stare. But some were like truly just trolling her and it, just throwing yeah. out out like just oh, outrageous yeah. Quotes like my like, two year old. What, what said, percentage chance did that actually happen? Because I'm saying zero. Zero. Just zero. like Kamala, fucking zero. And people just took that and they just started making up their own fucking stories about their four year old and three year old kids. <laughs> last one, speaking of Harvard, uh, is the last uh, thing I can't say person, the thing that's on the Wokatsu is math. Math has made it to the hot seat. Because the Harvard uh, Harv, well, Harvard Harvard Public Health Twitter account, I think it's the same one, School of Medicine, whatever, that tweeted the shit about pregnancy, promoted an article questioning whether two plus two indeed equals four. And the you reason sure you for it, the onion, or no, I, I swear to fucking God, I can send you the tweets. It comes directly from Harvard's Twitter account, and. It was quote, there was a quote in there that said professors at leading American universities took to social media in order to explain that Western mathematical constructs, quote, reek of white supremacy and patriarchy. And this other person, this random ass person tweeted, nope, the idea of two plus two equaling equaling four is cultural, not not related to math, cultural. 
And because of Western imperialism and colonization, oh we think of it as the only way of knowing. So people are pretty much saying, why can't two plus two be five? And this is the Harvard School of Medicine. Well, it started with the Harvard School of Medicine. And then people started obviously jumping right. on board so and giving for their anyone own trying to would, that would try to dispel this as this is just crazy people on Twitter. It is certainly not. Nope. Nope, it comes directly what from happens the Harvard. Generations never health. been told they're wrong. And, and again, exactly, th th yeah. I think this plays into the earlier discussion of ours behind the culture war. Like, how can everything be culture? How can math all of a sudden be culture? Math and science, math the two and things science. that are objective. Right, <laughs> there should be at least. That's fucking insane. That is yeah, fucking so, insane. And those woof, were a woof, little woof, woof, woof. as what is yeah, he called? Woof, woof dog. The wolf. The woke watchdog. Woke watchdog. Woof woof. He's awesome. Or she's awesome. I have no idea. It's or awesome. They. Or they. Z's or... awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, more to come on on the woke hot seat, but it was firing off Oof. on all well, cylinders after the riots. We made it. We made it through another week. We we did not get struck down by the woke mob. Haven't been canceled yet. I kinda hope I get canceled. I'm just gonna buy a van and Go living in somewhere. <laughs> I might fucking join you at this point. You ought to share a van with me. <laughs> you would we'd yeah. kill each other. I think that would be like I would turn into a steel cage match at some point. No. Mm. I the mean, at, are... at some point we want to kill each other, but then <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Then you fight point. and we get over it. And it, it's it's when I think I'd do better with Adam than Tyler because I'd I wake up. I I mean I I'd do better with Tyler than yeah. Adam. Yeah. I'd wake up to just like Adam taking a shit three inches <laughs> from my face every well, night. I think if I agreed to live in the van, we would definitely set some ground rules like no shitting in the van, and we would just have to find other places to shit. And that's totally awesome. valid. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, wouldn't be going anywhere fast, Jared. Adam would be pulling over seven <laughs> times, as he said previously. He shits as much as I piss, which is a lot. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I would need a big ass van to live in though. That would be tough. You like, I remember, anywhere, like, dude. I remember staying in like like my uncle's RV, like on my mom's side. Like we'd stay like at Fisherman's and stuff, and we would just crash at the at the R, you know, at the campsite and sleep in the RV. And I that was like I was probably like early high school. I could not fit in any of those beds. I can only imagine what it would look like <laughs> in a van for me to live in permanently. <laughs> my bones would probably shrink because I'd be like curled up like Gollum, like in, in the fucking ca caverns under yeah, the you know, misty mountains. Exactly like yeah, his. I would just morph into this creature. Yeah, but you'd be, be happy. Give this kid some Skittles, Twitter, yeah. and a fucking <laughs> Netflix, and he's happy. As long as he doesn't have a mirror to see what he looks like. I just pictured the end of Return the of the King where it sure shows like Smeagol transforming and that would be me like traveling across country. <laughs> like yep. my eyes just getting giant and my ha like hair falling out. It's just Peacock puts on the office and just watching the office. My precious. Yeah. <laughs> over and over and over again. Oh my God. Maybe I could make it work. Sign us off. I love you guys.